0: How do you show up when you're managing a fear of rejection? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today's listener question comes from a member of my Facebook group. She's digging in deep in confronting her fear of rejection while also acknowledging her deep held desire of wanting to belong and to create a space of belonging for other women. Here's what she has to say. I've been doing a lot of inner work in the last couple of weeks. Lots of questions, journaling, meditation, and what is coming up all the time is rejection. I don't know how far back it goes, but I can see it as far back as my teenage years, which is a pretty long time. I just turned 50. Another interesting observation is love and belonging. For way longer than I can remember, I never felt like I belonged, which now that I've journaled about means that I've always tried to fit in, which required me to be someone else rather than to be myself and Feel accepted. There was one year when I went overseas when I was 20 that I was totally myself and I loved it. There's so much going on in my life right now, but this one seems to be the biggest. Anyway, as it relates to business, I feel like I hold back for fear of rejection and I desperately want to build a community because I want other women to feel like they can be themselves and they can belong. I'm not sure what my question is here, but maybe you can read between the lines and see how rejection and belonging affect putting yourself out there and what to look at. Thanks, Heather. Yes, absolutely, these two things are incredibly, indelibly linked. The thing you want the most is also the thing you fear because if you take a chance and you put yourself out there enough to connect with other people, enough to build a connection with other people that starts a community, the first thing that you're risking in that is the vulnerability of being rejected, of putting yourself out there, of showing your true self and people not liking you and changing their minds about you and turning away. Of course, these two things walk hand in hand, and yes, I can help you separate them so that things feel clearer and more in your control. Stay tuned. We're going to dive deep in right after this break. First, let's dive deep into your conversation you started with yourself about rejection. You don't say in your letter whether or not you experienced rejection firsthand and you experienced the isolation, loneliness, and alienation that can come when peers decide that they have changed their mind about you, that you were cool once and you're not cool anymore, so you're on the outside looking in. I don't know whether or not you experienced that personally in your friend group, in social groups or sporting groups, or maybe even in your own family. Rejection shows up a lot in those early formative years, and we create stories about it, and we tell ourselves that it's somehow defined us, that we have to be a certain way or we can't be another way, otherwise people won't like us, and we grow into this fear of people not liking us, and when we carry that into our businesses, we try to be liked by everybody, but then when we're trying to be liked by everyone, no one really knows who we are. Because we don't take a stand for anything and we don't stand up for anything. We just try to people please everyone and then we just are, you know, lost in the crowd, so to speak. And then I think what happens if we continue that circle is you get lost in the crowd and that feels like rejection and the circle feels complete. Recognizing a fear of rejection is a human thing that a lot of people experience at different times in their lives. My husband's starting a new job in a new state in just two weeks or so. He's really worried that these people who are so excited to have him that like pulled for him to be on their team are suddenly gonna change their mind when they work with him for a week or two, that he might not measure up to their expectations. It's a normal, natural thing when you're putting yourself out there to suddenly worry that people are going to change their minds. Here's the thing. It's not about fearing rejection. It's about accepting that rejection comes with the territory of daily life. We're not going to be liked by everybody. We're not going to be understood or appreciated or respected by everyone, even when we do our best. Even when we put our best selves out there and we do our best to communicate as transparently as possible, people will still turn away. It takes a lifetime to build trust and a moment to lose it. And what's hard about the social media world we find ourselves in is that perception becomes people's truths in an instant. And that is so hard to fight. And my story about you is you're watching that happen to other people. You're watching people stand out and then get taken down a peg or two. You're watching people put themselves out there and be ignored and walked over. You're watching people be polarizing and suddenly nobody wants to have anything to do with them. And it's really hard in that landscape to figure out where you belong when you're recognizing that you want everybody to like you. The key to showing up. And the key to putting yourself out there so people can even find out about you and know that you want to connect is to recognize and accept that not everybody will like you. Not everyone's going to be attracted to your vibe and it starts with a choice to show up anyway. To recognize that the people who need you, the lost and lonely women who feel like they're not good enough, who don't feel like they belong, who don't have a sense of kinship or community, they need you and you know how to speak to them. You may not attract or gravitate towards, you know, people who have enough friends, who have enough family, who are supportive, who have plenty of things to do, who don't feel lost, who are self-assured. You may not attract those people, which is fine because they don't need what you have to offer. And you may find that you have opinions on getting out of that lonely well, on getting out of that hole that challenge people to look at themselves and look at their own fears. And they might find they disagree with you. And then they might view you as disagreeable. All of these things are the things that you have to confront and look in the eye and make a choice to choose to move anyway, waiting until you're no longer afraid is just going to keep you stuck and frozen. When we start to accept that rejection's a part of life and a part of doing business, we can stop telling ourselves a story that it's something that's happening to us, that it's personal, that it's about who we are or what we're doing or how we're showing up in the world. So much of this means that we have to remove the idea and the story that rejection is personal. People change their minds about us for all kinds of reasons. Simply, I mean, we see this every day. You actually are in the coaching group that you and I share together. You saw it happen to me last week when I shared a polarizing opinion in our group. You know what happens and you know how quickly the tide turned on the public opinion of who I am and how I show up and how I move through the world. And that doesn't feel good. But what I can tell you is that you and I have something in common because you've been silent and not showing up and you know what that silence feels like and you know what that not showing up feels like. And I was sitting in that same feeling of having an opinion, wanting to play nice, not wanting to rock the boat, not say anything, and you and I were sharing the cost of silence. And I can tell you that sometimes managing the fears of rejection means managing and choosing the feeling we would prefer to have. And in the end of the day, I chose that I would rather feel and experience rejection of people who disagreed with me than the feeling of staying silent, which felt like giving permission to something I could no longer support. You would have to make that choice for yourself. To decide that hiding, playing less than, keeping yourself small hurts more than rejection would. That if you have to regret something, you would rather regret putting yourself out there and being ridiculed, mocked, or rejected than to feel the feeling that comes with playing small, hiding, and not letting people know who you are and how you can serve and how you can help. It starts by removing the victim layer of however we've been rejected in the past the traumatized versions of ourselves the hurts and the pain and to come to peace with that on some level to look that experience in the eye that's haunting you what I like to sometimes encourage people to do is come up with the elevator story that you're telling yourself of like, what did you learn, or what's the takeaway from a rejection? And I'm going to share a personal example here. For the first 10 years of postgraduate degree, um, like my postgraduate career, I worked in residential treatment for adolescent girls, and I worked really hard to climb the career corporate ladder there, and I did pretty well for myself. I earned a promotion every single year that I was with the company, and one in one epic year, I earned two promotions. I got a lot of respect and I gained a lot of experience in childhood trauma. I was kind of known as the expert who could help the kids that the rest of the agency would give up on or not know what to do with. I was kind of the, you know, the kid whisperer for the really hard to reach kids. And at some point in time, I decided that that life didn't work for me. I loved the kids and I loved the work, but it didn't let me have a life. It didn't give me the time freedom I needed and I wanted to make a change. And some of the people who were my biggest fans and my biggest supporters in the agency, the people who worked to ensure that I got up the ladder, my supervisors, my colleagues, people who turned to me for their own personal struggles, as soon as they heard, I didn't want to work for them anymore. They turned their back on me. I felt rejected, and they felt rejected. But both of us, all of us, were just telling ourselves stories. That's the root of rejection. The stories people are creating. And you cannot fight that. But you have one weapon, and that's communication. You You can tell people what you want them to think. You can show up as yourself, you can tell them your thoughts, your feelings, your ideas, the ways you can help, and you can control the narrative. When you don't show up, or you only show up halfway you lose that control over the narrative. In the last segment, I was talking to you about the elevator statement. And what I use that for is because it's this idea that when really hard things happen, when painful events happen that really mark us or scar us or leave us a little bit shaky, we tend to remember the whole novel, every detail, every chapter, every page, every footnote. And it's really important in order to leave pieces of our past behind that we close these chapters and we close these books. The only way we really can do it though, without the ghost following us, without something that's just gonna come and bite us on the butt later, is to know what the takeaway is. And in the example I gave you, I try to come up with the quick one or two sentence summary of why something happened. And in the example I gave you with the residential program I was working at and the staff members who no longer wanted to talk to me or acknowledge me or support me because I was choosing to leave the agency, my story about that is that they were mad and hurt that they had invested a lot in me and that my choice to leave the agency felt personal to them. I knew in my bones it wasn't personal. But it felt personal to them and they responded to feelings of rejection and abandonment by rejecting and abandoning me in turn rejection happens for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes people reject you because you threaten them and they're jealous. Sometimes people reject you because you challenge them to think and you make them look at themselves differently. There are all kinds of different ways this problem starts, but when we can try to understand it and come up with our own elevator statement, you know, the, the time it would take between a couple of floors of an elevator to really put a footnote on that, on that chapter and on that story story, we're going to get so much more clear with ourselves, and we're going to be able to leave it behind. And if after all these years, you are still haunted by the feelings and fears of rejection, my story is is that you have some open chapters there that you need to look at. You either need to look at moments you were afraid of being rejected or moments you actually were rejected, and you have to give yourself permission to heal. You have to give yourself permission to look back and say that was 40 some years ago. You have changed. That that isn't you. It's not the person you are today. The person you are today has the lessons, has the experience, has the drive, the motivation, and the dreams to become bigger and bolder without the fear of someone else holding them back. I understand why it's really hard for you to think about this idea of building a community centered on belonging and support and kinship when you're so afraid that either you'll have it and you'll lose it or that because you've played small, because you've played in the shadows, people aren't going to see you as someone that they can connect with. I recognize that fear and I recognize that desire and there's a solution here. Remember when I told you that the weapon of choice is communication. This is an opportunity for you to tell your story, to reach the other women who have been hiding, who aren't showing up, who feel small, who feel less than, to hear your voice, to hear your experience. Maybe you change and close that chapter on rejection by telling people your own rejection story and how you're choosing to overcome it, and how you're choosing to move past it. Maybe you connect by being you and sharing the most vulnerable part of yourself as a way of illustrating for yourself and other people that it no longer haunts you. You're not going to be held back by it, and you're no longer afraid to face it. I'm sure that has you shaking in your shoes a little bit, right? Like (laughs) this is the thing you never wanted to talk about. You wanted to be able to just leave it behind you and never have to look at it. I think you have to look this beast in the eyes and tell it where to go and how to get there to recognize that it's held you back. It's kept you small. It's prevented you from building the life and business that you really want. And you're no longer going to tolerate it. You have to go to war against this. You have to fight it with everything you've got. And now that you've journaled about it, now that you've written about it, now that you've gotten clear about the ghosts that are haunting you, the things that have been holding you back, it's time to take action. It's time to start talking. It's time to start sharing personal examples Asking other women to share theirs. When someone shares something in the arena with you, whether it be like the Facebook group, whether or not it be your own community, your own friends group, a book club, anything that it might be, however it is, start asking other women questions that you really want to know the answers to. Start the conversations. Start to build the engagement. Start to create that sense of belonging for other women. Because Because my guess is, in doing it for other women, you'll find it for yourself. And yes, your vibe is not going to attract everybody. And again, you have to remember that's okay. You don't want it to attract everybody. You don't have the bandwidth to support everybody. You need the women who need you. And they're not going to know you exist until you start showing up for them, and still you, until you start reaching out to them, asking them for a five-minute you know cup of coffee, asking them follow-up questions, showing your own curiosity and desire to learn more. It's really easy in the personal development space to get lost in the books and in the chapters and in the words. You've done enough reading, and you've done enough digging, and you've done enough searching. You know the beast you're managing and you know the enemies you're fighting. You gotta go to war. You gotta let it know that it's not beating you. That yes, you've been held back. Yes, you've played small, but you're not gonna do that anymore. And the best way to start is to look at where you've been censoring yourself. Start looking at places where you've been showing up, where you haven't offered an opinion, where somebody's antidote of a story or an experience reminded you of one of your own, but you chose not to share it. When you had a question of somebody and you decided not to ask, if you look at all the ways you're deliberately, knowingly, intentionally censoring yourself and choose to stop, go back, do a do-over where possible, but then start doing things differently going forward, you'll start to show up. And the people who need that in their life, who want to learn how you do it, how do you go from invisible to visible, and how do you go from visible to stand out, they're going to follow you, and they're going to connect, and they're going to ask you. They just can't do that until they know you exist. And it's true. Not everyone's going to like you. And not everyone's going to agree with you. And once you can own that and accept that as kind of a little bit of a badge of honor, but also a price of doing business and a cost of doing life, I think you'll be better for it. It's not personal. This isn't happening to you. It's not your story. It's a shared experience. And the more you start to connect with people on their shared experiences, the more you start that conversation and learn others' personal experiences with this, the less alone you'll feel, the less isolated you'll feel, the more you will feel like you're belonging, and the more others will feel like they belong with you. I hope this helps. I know you said you didn't have a specific question, but hopefully I gave you a little bit of a roadmap here on how to walk yourself through it. I really loved the question. I loved the open-ended nature of it. But at the end of the day, if I was playing football and you were on a baseball field and I didn't go anywhere near your question, I invite you to write again and let me know so I can get back on track. But thanks so much for being vulnerable and reaching out. And if you have a question and you want my two cents, surely let me know over at Heather at choose to have it and I'd love to talk to you about it. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back in your earballs tomorrow. Bye for now.